Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and today we're joined by a special guest, Scott Magdalene from Trained Up. Thanks for coming on the show, Scott. Thank you for having me again, Chris. <laughs> it's good to have you back on the show. For those of you who haven't seen or heard Scott before, we did an episode on SEO many episodes back. Uh, Scott has a lot of wisdom in that area, and that was a really good tactical, full of lots of tips kind of episode. So uh, go look that up if you're digging this conversation. In this episode, we're going to get more into what Scott's teaching business is, uh, some uh, issues he's facing as an entrepreneur in the teaching space and just general marketing issues and how he's working through them. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the digital nomad remote lifestyle because Scott is actually coming to us on the on a boat today. We'll, we'll end with that, but just to kind of plant the seed, you're on a boat. Where are you right now? We're in the northern Bahamas in a place in the Abacos area, um, anchored off an island called Elbow Key. Elbow Key. Awesome. Yeah. So somewhere down there below Florida, out, out there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll come back to that in a little bit. Uh, Scott and I met at a, a business mastermind conference and, you know, we're both in the learning space and had a lot in common and, you know, it was really good to get, it's been great getting to know Scott, but for those of out there that don't know who you are, what is trained up your learning platform all about? Like, what is it? Trained up is a training platform and library of it's a video library training content that churches can use to train their volunteers. Um, and so we provide both the, a very simple training platform that's course-based, but it's very simple course-based. Um, and then that's baked into kind of coupled with um, uh, video courses that we make and provide for the churches to use out of, out of, out of the box. Um, and also our, our part of our training platform allows, them, allows churches or ministry leaders to um, create, upload, record with their webcam right to their, um, right to their training like training account um, to be able to create their own video training as well. That's really awesome. And just to, just to kind of restate it and make it super clear to the listener, Scott has a video, uh, a training platform that he gives access to, to solve a very specific problem in the, in the church industry. And it com it comes with a catalog of courses and people can also upload their own courses into the system. What problem are you trying to solve with trained up? I'm, it's a very specific problem. Um, the problem of untrained volunteers in churches, um, where you, you know, you, uh, have a, a church full of people who are trying to serve and want to help out on a Sunday morning or during the week or whatever. Um, but those people, you know, the jobs that they have to do aren't they're typically they're like week to week job. So their day to day job, like, you know, you might, might be a, a, you know, a janitor in a school, but on Sunday morning, you're changing diapers in a preschool room. And so, um, like there's some training that needs to go along for the, to get the job done well. And also for liability reasons to, you know, to know what not to do with a room full of preschoolers, like don't feed them all peanut butter sandwiches. Like, you know, you, you can't do that kind of stuff. So, um, so it just, um, uh, help churches to be able to do really thorough training, um, without having to, and, and kind of overcoming some of the existing obstacles to volunteer training in churches right now. That's really awesome. I love that. I think that's such a pro way to go about things to really start with the problem. Not necessarily, I mean, I know you're trying to build a business around this and all this, but you're really starting with solving a problem, a specific problem out there in the world for a, a specific, in a specific place, like for church organizations who have volunteers. And what are some, just 
what are some other just kind of niche scenarios that emerge in the volunteer space besides it sounds like oh like there's things that we, some people may not have thought about like well if you're if you have a volunteer scenario and there's you know small children involved there's some some basics that some people know especially if they're not parents what else what are some other common issues yeah so so another one would be adult and most of this is uh, volunteer training for adult volunteers that work in various different roles of volunteer roles in the church so um so one another one might be youth ministry or um working with like middle school and high schoolers so you have like a handful of adults that say they're going to volunteer to be like good influences and work with the youth in the church um and that's great um, there's also a lot of risk that comes along with having untrained adults working with a bunch of other people's kids that are middle school and high school. And so there's liability issues with alone time with an adult and a, and a teenager. So you, like me, to make sure you train them how to not be alone with students, um, how to recognize risky behavior. So we do a lot of training on recognizing self-harm behavior or risky behavior, bullying behavior, um, recognizing depressive depression kind of characteristics or, or traits, um, signals. So, um, we do training, we produce training for churches to be able to, you know, train on those specific things for their, for their volunteers. Another one might be, um, that we, that we focus on is adults who lead groups of discussion groups, which is not a typical kind of skill that you might learn out in the work, like in the working world. Um, but on a weekly basis, adults have to sit around on a regular basis sit around and have a like, lead a discussion about a Bible topic. And that's not typically a thing that we do in our day-to-day life. And so those people that lead their, those discussion groups and almost 100% of those people are not like trained Bible teachers at some seminary. And so they need some training on how to lead those Bible discussions. And so we also offer training content about that. That's awesome. So there's all these layers of problems, like as training volunteers who are then put in situations where there might be problems or challenges they need to overcome. Yeah. And then what problem are you trying to solve specifically with technology? Like, couldn't you, like, I mean, there's, you could do in-person volunteer training, right? Like why, why did you build trained up? You could if you wanted to, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, actually churches for decades have done in-person volunteer training. Volunteer training itself is not really anything new in churches. Um, There's, there's some common problems that we're trying to help them overcome, which is, um, low attendance at volunteer training meetings. Um, and so since you have low attendance, you t- the churches that really care about it tend to increase the frequency of meetings to get everybody there. But in, then you got like a, a cal- calendar stack full of volunteer training meetings you have to go to, um, which nobody wants to go to a training meeting, you know, that's, um, and then, and then the church tries to make it fun. They try to have food and then it starts to get expensive and, and still you don't get, you know, a lot of attendance at volunteer training meetings. Um, and then, and even with that, you don't know who was there and wasn't there, if who was paying attention, who got pulled out on a phone call and so they missed something critical. And so, um, so not only is it, uh, difficult to get a, a full coverage of training for all your volunteers, especially as your church grows, but also the accountability level of knowing who's trained and who's not trained and who understands the really core principles that they need to know. So that's incredible. That's incredible. I just love how specific you're and niche down your 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 topic here and your platform and the design of it all is for and the content itself. That's wonderful. Well, yeah. let's talk a little bit. Go ahead. You have another point. I was just going to say the concept of um, so a lot of in the in the teaching space in the learning space, um, it's a lot of um, like an, an individual entrepreneur creating content or creating training for an end user to train that person. And so like like me, I might create a course and sell it to a learner. 
um, which is good. And there's a ton of that that's needed. There's a huge niche that's not being served. And really, and this is the niche that we're serving. We're specifically serving this in the church space that is training the people inside of organizations and, and, and I'm selling that training to make training within that organization easier. So there's a whole niche. We like, we've debated internally about which niche we really want to focus on. We feel passionate about churches and church volunteer training. It's something that me and my team, we, we, we love and we care about deeply. But there's even just in volunteer training, there's a whole space of nonprofit volunteer training that's completely underserved, um, not just with like a platform for it from a tech perspective, from a, but from also from a content perspective, being able to give you know organizations like Habitat for Humanity or Make a Wish or anything that might uh, any soup kitchen in any city in America where there's training that needs to happen before they show up for you know, for quality reasons, make sure that the volunteers are doing a good job, but also for liability reasons. And so volunteer training is a much bigger like problem to solve and can be solved from a, um, a teaching entrepreneurial perspective um, outside of the church realm. And then of course there's the whole like training and teaching inside of um, companies and employee training um, that's being solved by some like large enterprise, enterprise focused companies. Um, but there's a huge space that's, that's, an opportunity to be able to teach basic skills to um, to employees inside of small businesses um, that's just being not being served well by you know other companies out there. So, awesome. Well, one more question before we shift into kind of what's going on in your world on the on the marketing side and the the customer segmentation side. How did you come up with this concept, which I think is brilliant? Of I'm going to have some. Uh, like general training that's going to be good for everybody, but then allow in their accounts to uh, stop, start uploading their own courses too that are unique to them. Like where did that idea come from? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually just um, me over the last two years of running Trained Up and learning what my customers need. Um, we've, been trained, we've been serving churches with training software for a couple of years um, and realizing that produce, for, for somebody who is not a big portion of their time committed to producing training content. Um, it's not, it's not easy to work with an LMS. And so like you guys, what a great lifter LMS is a great tool. Um, but for somebody who it's like just kind of a piece of what they, a small piece of what they do, um, setting up a learning management system and then thinking about course design and thinking about production and thinking about, it's a, know, um, it's a, it's a big piece. Yeah. And so we did a couple of things. We, we realized that there was, it was a big hurdle for our, for our, um, for our customers, for churches on our platform to think through that. So we did two things. We simplified, super simplified. We have this new version that just came out last month, super simplified the entire learning building, the, the building phase down to the, like this absolute most simple core thing where you have a topic you want to teach. You teach the one topic and you add a couple of questions and that's it. There's no scoring system. There's no bells and whistles at all. And then once your volunteers go in, they watch the video and they answer a couple of questions and that's it. Um, and so there's, we, we, we moved away from like curriculum design concept and moved into, you teach a topic and you ask a couple of questions about the thing you taught. Um, so we made that much easier for them. And also we, built in some tools to make it easy to just record with your webcam so they don't have to set up like an extra separate camera and then do the video production and then import and upload and all that stuff. So we made that just, just like a click a button, record it, and click save, and it's done. Um, and then the other side is, I mean, there's 40,000, 50,000 churches in, just in America that um, that all pretty much do the same thing on the same way. Like you go to a church and there's a church service and there's a guy that preaches and there's some music and your kids go over here to this thing and there's some volunteers that, that 
help the kids learn your Bible verses or whatever, and they play games. And then there's some older kids go up to the youth room upstairs and they play games and they learn Bible. And so it's very similar across all these churches. And it's, so training, standard training is, is just an obvious thing to be able to provide. If, if you know, somebody needs to learn how to uh, change a diaper in this church, and they also need to learn how to change a diaper in that church. And why would they all, why would we put the burden on all these churches to create redundant training? Why can't we just do it for them? Kind of thing. So that's awesome. That's really interesting. Just from the society level where, you know, kind of in the past, it was like from the top and telling people what to do. And now that everything's democratized and distributed and everybody's a publisher, you're kind of like pulling back a little bit like, well, you don't actually have to do it all. Like yeah. here's some tools to do that. And you can also be a publisher and do it too. That's, that's really brilliant. Well, if we look at the, uh, I like to say like when you need to make a decision about, you know, building a course or creating a learning platform, it's all about focusing on the end user or the, or the end, like follow the value chain all the way down. And if that, in most cases, the student wins, uh, everybody wins. In your case, it's even more complex because, um, you know, it's like that baby who needs the diaper changed. It's that, uh, you know, that kid at church who, who needs to, uh, you know, just have a good experience with the volunteer or whatever. And then it goes to the volunteer and then it goes to the trainer of the volunteer. And then, it, you know, it goes to the person that provides the training to the volunteer. And then it goes to, well, who is the person that actually buys the training for the volunteer? And, and then, you know, eventually it ends up at trainedup.church where you guys are at. But what, like, if we follow that back, like, who is your customer? And what has your, been your experience as a platform owner? I know you care about solving these problems that are multi-layered. Yeah. But uh, what's your experience like around, you know, the, the person making the buying decision and the, um, you know, versus the people who actually use it versus the people who first hear about it or how does it work yeah it's much more complicated than just like selling a course to a person who's going to watch the video and you know get value out of it um so um for us solving the problem for the church is more than just providing good content or an uh like a good user interface um we have to to be able to solve so let's let's say joe blow joe blow is a youth pastor and he's got 15 volunteers he needs to keep them like anytime he adds a new volunteer, that person has to be trained up really fast, which is why we call the company trained up. Um, that needs to be, person needs to be trained up and ready to go within a week or so. Um, and they also, he, need, he also has like a rank of volunteers that he needs to kind of keep, keep up to speed on best practices and like policies and stuff like that. So, but Joe um, works within the context of a larger, larger organization. And so we need to serve Joe and help him train his volunteers. But Joe, his reality is that he, also interfaces with other ministers within his church. He also has kind of an upline where he also kind of reports to maybe the executive pastor or the senior pastor in his church. And that senior pastor, even at that, has accountability back through to the congregation when the congregation keeps the, usually keeps the pastor accountable to doing good ministry, that sort of thing. Um, and so there's a lot of levels of complexity um, with, with Joe's situation. <laughs> um, so for us to serve Joe well, we to figure out how do we get the software to Joe and the content to Joe in a way that Joe can use it and, and, and could have good trained volunteers, but also help him navigate the complexity of adopting new software in the context of his, of his organization realities. So onboarding, so, the onboarding into the system is there's that sure. too. Well, yeah. There's the onboarding. Yeah, sure. So, so, 
so there's so we actually ha- are in the process right now of completely redoing not redoing not completely redoing but um, uh, of redesigning how we sell the software. Let me us, let me jump in and ask you a question there because yeah. if you do that, which is awesome, that's it's all about iteration and continuous improvement. Usually that means you've made some assumptions that weren't correct or at least were suboptimal. What was your what was the earlier thinking? Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, our assumption before was that we can sell at a simple one one flat rate and sell it to a church. And the church as a whole, all the staff in the church, all the ministers in the church would the church would purchase it and all the ministers would use it. Um, I that's ideal. Like the church would all say all together, yes, we decide that we're going to use this software. But the reality is like, it's not the staff that's using the software. It's two or three volunteer trainers, people that are responsible for their own volunteers within that staff. So you might have staff of six or seven people in that church, but you have the youth pastor and the children's pastor, and maybe like the small group slash Sunday school kind of director person. And those are the three people who do the most volunteer training. But we were assuming that the whole church would purchase it. Um, which was a bad, I think, a bad assumption. So we're actually shifting and running completely new Facebook ads and changing our pricing and changing our you know, new landing pages, all geared toward instead of selling as a flat rate to the entire church for unlimited access, um, we're going to break it down and also include and even break down our library into specific ministry areas and then market just that, that ministry essentially that ministry context just to that one person. I'm not making sense. What's a, what's a ministry area? What do you mean by that? Youth ministry. So like the ministry to middle school and high school students and the the one person, the man or woman that's responsible for that ministry. Um, We had, to date we've been marketing to the entire staff. And so as a group, they would have to make a decision on it, which group decisions never happen. Right. Like it's all it takes is one person to say, I don't think we need that for that decision to be gone. On the flip side, if we can talk to Joe Blow, youth pastor, and say, hey, Joe, this is a tool that you can sign up for yourself. You don't have to get any permission from anybody. It fits inside of your ministry, like your budget for your department. Um, you've, got the, you've got the credit card with the limit that you're allowed to use. You can just sign up and just tra- train your own volunteers. And Joe is the one making the decision for it. Then that greatly simplifies how we can serve Joe. Instead of worrying about serving the entire church, Joe's church, we can say, well, we're going to serve Joe really well. And if Joe really likes it, maybe he'll pass it to Susie who leads children ministry or Sharon who leads, you know, the, the, um, the small group, you know, Sunday school ministry. And so he might share it with us. Eventually we might serve the entire church, which is, would be great. But at the very least we can serve Joe really well and help him train his volunteers, which is really what our mission is as as a, as a company. (coughs) So I heard somebody say recently that it's really good to go like, you know, a common mistake in online education or whatever is to not be niche enough. So mm-hmm. you you just broke it down and then you broke it down again. And now you're breaking it down to like, okay, the youth pastor, this one's for the children. This one's for the teens. And uh, so are you saying that they can actually, depending upon where they sit, like if they're in the, the teen group, there's going to be different pre-populated courses in there? Yes. So once we finish this little, this little transition, which we started yesterday, um, we will, um, when Joe youth pastor, will be able to sign up and pay a, a, it'll be 40% of the cost. So it'll be, instead of a $99 a month, it'll be $39 a month. 
and he will be able to have all of his own people in there and he'll only see access to the library of content that's specific for his ministry. So it's only youth ministry content. Plus some of our general stuff, we have safety training that's applicable for across the board. We have, um, um, you know, common use, general volunteering concepts and biblical concepts for volunteering in churches kind of stuff that'll be accessible to him as well. But he won't get access to like the care ministry or the children's ministry or the greeters or whatever. He'll just have youth ministry stuff. Um, to, again, to help serve Joe really well, because we really want Joe to be successful in his training volunteer training. If he's successful in his volunteer training with Trained Up, then Trained Up is successful. That's really cool. That's really cool. So how, what else have you changed? Like, so how do you, what did you change in like, for example, like in your Facebook ads? So we're still in the middle of this. I mean, I wish I had better data. Maybe we can do another podcast in a couple of months and I'll tell you how it went. All right. Um, and so what we're doing is we are, um, we're still running our ads currently that are aiming at whole churches. So we're, we still got tests running in that. So we don't want to mess with those tests. We still need a couple more weeks. Um, testing those. What we're going to do is we're also run a subset of, or another set of Facebook ads. Right now we're just doing Facebook ads, trying to keep the testing really simple. Um, and we're going to aim those Facebook ads specifically at three ministry areas, youth, children, and small groups. Um, and then each one of those ads is going to land on a landing page specifically for that youth, for that area of ministry. So Joe Blow is going to see an ad, Joe Blow Youth Pastor, is going to see an ad for training your youth ministry volunteers. He clicks the ad, he lands on a page where it talks about training youth ministry volunteers with examples, example videos of our, some of our training that we have for youth ministry volunteers, um, and then pricing specifically for youth ministry and a sign up form for youth ministry. And it's gonna, you know, it's just him. It's like this, this, you know, blinders zeroed in focus on just serving that guy. He'll never even see that there's children's ministry, other ministries. So That's really cool. So, I mean, that's like, uh, that's textbook customer segmentation. Like, you know, they got their own pricing. You're really speaking to the subgroups and, uh, and going after that. That's, that's really cool. Well, I can't wait to hear how all that works out and let's, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's shift gears a little bit about where you are right now. Like where are you? Uh, you're in the Caribbean uh, yeah. or the Bahamas. Technically, I'm not sure if it's technically Caribbean, but what, it is, like what is the difference between the Caribbean and the Bahamas? Is it one? <laughs> when people say that like like they're sailing the the caribbean they never say that they're in the bahamas it's always like like just virgin islands or puerto rico or even further south so i got you i got you well how long have you been on the boat how long have you when, when did you leave i know you were actually on the boat in dock for a while correct? we were we lived in st augustine florida for a while on the boat um and then we left in january uh and we took about a month going down the coast to get our time and then crossed over to the Bahamas in middle of February. So awesome. So, February. so you've been, uh, left the dock about four months ago. Is that right? Yeah, I guess. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. We haven't so. touched the dock since we've been sitting on anchor ever since. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, uh, when I first met you, I had actually just got off of like about nine months in an RV. Uh, so we kind of share this passion for, location independence and digital nomading, not just working from home, but like taking the home on the road or on the sea or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, tell me about it. How's it going for you? What's, what's going well? Obviously it's great to be out in, you know, on the ocean and by in the sun and all that. What, what's, what are some of the big highs and what are some of the challenges? Yeah. So, I mean, the highs are uh, anecdotal mostly. So, um, so two days ago, three days ago, we were anchored a lot further south down, um, 
around a place called Little Harbor. It's real remote um, and probably two, two and a half hours from any kind of civilization. And um, the um, I was working in the morning. Erica, my wife is Erica, and we have two boys, three and five. They were about a quarter mile away or so on a beach. She got she had kind of put the boards on a paddle board and taken them to a beach. And so while I was working in the morning, um, I kind of hit a spot in my work day that I was like, oh, I'm kind of done for now. I could, you know, work some in the afternoon, but I'm kind of going to hit a stopping point. So I, you know, I, I would say I put on like a bathing, bathing suit, but really I just jumped in the water and swam over to them and hang up on, on the beach with them. Um, in the middle of the day, I left my phone, computer on the boat and went and for a swim, crystal clear blue waters, you know, living saw, the dreams. <laughs> saw, yeah. saw a sea turtle as I was swimming and saw a couple of starfish and plenty of conch and, you know, and then went back to the boat, ate lunch and started working in the afternoon. So that's awesome. got a little exercise, good, good quarter mile, half mile swim. Yeah. That's the, that's the typical day stuff. And I know what you mean by the an- anecdotal, like, I mean, it's just that those dream experiences, like just unique, great quality time with people you love and, uh, you know, being out there in nature, having no choice but to disconnect from technology and leave work behind and, you know, be around all the, you know, other animals and other great things out there in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, for me, like this whole uh, running an online business, whether that's, I mean, for us, it's kind of a software and content business, but um, a lot of content entrepreneurs are, you know, have the same opportunities to be able to um, run a business that has no tie to any location um, or even any kind of real schedule, like a set schedule. And so you, you know, you can go where you want to go for us. This is not, not everybody wants to live on a boat uh, in a, you know, hot in the tropics, but, but living in a cabin, living on the road, like you did in a, in a, in a trailer for what was it six months, nine months, nine months. Yeah. Nine months. Yeah. Um, and essentially to have your, have the options laid out in front of you, what you want to do. Like our biggest problem now is with all the options in front of us, what do we do from here? You know, like, do we, it's a like big right world. Now, it's a big world. There's <laughs> a lot of water in this world. We live on a boat. Um, and you know, so we got plans in the fall to travel up the East coast and we might make it to Maine. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. We actually do have plans to make it to Maine. Probably not this year, but maybe next year. It's a long trip up the coast. But at least go up the coast, you know, to the Carolinas or whatever and spend some time in some pretty, you know, islands up there. Um, uh, by the way, I have, uh, I'm from North Carolina and over by the intercoastal waterway uh, by uh, Wrightsville Beach. Uh, maybe if you're in that neck of the woods, we could, we could hook up over there too. So. I'm, I, there's, so there's Beaufort I want to go to and Beaufort. I want to go to both places. I used to go to summer camp as a kid around there. So yeah, I know yeah. that area. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we get over there. Uh, I haven't seen Chris since uh, no, last November. So it'd be cool. Anyway, so just the opp- opportunity to do whatever, whenever, wherever. Um, and the only tie down is to make sure that we're serving our customers well. So, um, and sometimes that means, you know, working a full day of work. Most of the time it doesn't. Honestly, I don't work full days. I mean, like I know the, uh, um, the age old or whatever the adage is as an entrepreneur, you work way longer than normal hours. And I guess there's, there's have been times when I've worked those long hours, but, um, you know, you don't have to be a slave to, you I mean, you don't have to be a slave to your business. You can organize and design your business to fit your lifestyle rather than kind of fitting your lifestyle around your business. So what are some of the challenges? And I'll just roll off some of mine just from the, the RV story and some of the other various nomading things I've done. I've lived internationally with kids in Costa Rica and done different things, but, um, I mean, the trailer specifically is kind of small, you know, so uh, yeah. as I imagine small a boat would boat. be. 
which Yo, is good, so, but it's yeah. sometimes you're like climbing over somebody just to get to the <laughs> other side of the room. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got that and or uh walking a gauntlet of toys along the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like I don't you probably don't run into it as much in the water, but like trying to find a, a spot to park or camp or whatever or anchor and like for whatever reason you can't stay there, so you gotta roll on, kids are tired, it's not good timing. I don't know. Those kind of things, like it's not all puppy kisses and rainbows, as I like to say, but what uh <laughs> what are some of your challenges uh working from the road? Well, um, I mean, for, for us, we have um, a boat with no air conditioning. And so we have the windows and doors open all the time. And then sometimes, like right now, it starts to rain. I don't know if you can see that. You probably can't see it. But it's um, raining pretty hard. And we have the doors and windows open. And so we're getting water inside the boat. <laughs> okay. So what are some of the challenges um, business-wise? Like, do you ever have any, like, more just related to work? Not so much like family and work or location work, but like, just being remote and like what, what other business challenges do you experience as a digital nomad that, you know, wouldn't be really an issue if you had an office somewhere or whatever? Well, one is, you know, consistent internet. So we're pretty remote uh, out here. Um, and I've got um, a pretty reliable um, system set up for my internet, but um, sometimes coverage isn't good. And so that can be a problem from some time to time um, because of the way that our life is, um, my computer isn't always charged. Like we have to run a diesel generator to charge my computer. So that's tough. Um, sometimes I just have to work with my phone. Um, I had to, we had to shift in how we did business with clients and how I interacted with clients. I used to do all of our demos. Now I do none of our demos because this isn't the most professional background for when you're talking to somebody about spending hundred dollars a month on, you know, training software. Yeah. Um, I found somebody who's very professional. He's, he's in fact much better than I am at it. Um, so there's, um, some trade-offs with that. Um, one challenge, I guess, is we're in, we're, in, we're in a small space. And so when I'm working and I'm having a meeting or I'm need to focus, then I have to find a place to get away from the kids because we're in a very small space. Where are they right now? They're all taking a nap in a aft cabin. Um, okay. but, uh, and that's, so they take, that's a great thing. They take a nap in the middle of the day. So that helps. Um, but like right now, like if I wanted to get off of like, if I were in a trailer, a travel trailer or something like that. I need to get away. I could just step out the door and go walk and find a nice quiet spot. Like here, I can't just step off the walk somewhere. You know, we got a, we're surrounded by water and we have one way to get to shore. We have a little dinghy to get to shore. And so if I take the dinghy, then Erica to shore to get some like alone time. Erica's got no way to get to shore with the kids and vice versa. So we have to, like, there's some dancing that goes around about managing that. But I mean, it's, you, know, you find a rhythm. It's, you know, it's worth it. So. Yeah, that's cool. I like to sometimes if I share a story of from that recent road trip, um, just being in Yosemite Falls or Yosemite National Park. Uh, I was sitting, you could see Yosemite Falls where I was. Uh, and it was beautiful. It was awesome. And I was running my business from there. But also, at that same moment, uh, we had something going on and I had to do I did like pull one of those longer days. So here I am, like my wife and kids have gone off to the falls or whatever. I'm sitting in my car with the engine running to provide power to my laptop. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing Wi-Fi from the, uh, the lodge, the main lodge at Yosemite <laughs> to, to like finish a marketing website. I can yeah. see Yosemite falls out the window, but I'm not out there enjoying it. But I mean, I can't complain, you know, it's just, I'm just saying it's not always great. You know, it's not always perfect, but uh, yeah. On the on the end or the net, in my opinion and in my experience, net it's all it's it's a great thing to do. 
and yeah. if you like traveling and like exploring and uh you know nothing helps you bond as a family and get to know each other's quirks than living on a small space together so that's true we say small small homes build tight-knit families so <laughs> yeah they do they do well scott i want to thank you for coming on the show again and for those of you listening you can find out more at trainedup.church that's where scott is at where else can people find and connect with you on the internet um, really just Twitter. I don't really do anything other than Twitter. So Twitter is, uh, oh, I guess Twitter and Instagram. So Twitter is Scott Magdalene and Instagram is Scott Magdalene. And I guess the spelling of Magdalene, they can find probably somewhere written <laughs> because Magdalene's kind of hard to spell. But it's um, on Twitter. I mostly tweet about like church training stuff. And then on Instagram, I, we just tweet our life in the, in, in, on boat. So um, it's a little bit more scenic on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming coming on the show and sharing your uh, your journey as an education entrepreneur and, and uh, teaching some valuable lessons about knowing your customer and and uh, figuring out how to position and talk to them and, and and segment your marketing and things like that. That's really a goldmine of experience you shared. And also, thank you for sharing your your story and and what you're up to and and sharing that with us as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me on again, man. All right.